Amen. Good morning, people of God. Oh, what an absolutely beautiful morning the Lord has given us today. Amen? Amen. I pray that uh, at some point over the last couple of days you've been able to at least enjoy some sunshine. I know there's like poor air quality going on right now, so hopefully you don't stay outside too long. But man, this is uh, a taste of summer way too early, especially for us big guys, but it's still been a blessing (laughs) to have that sunshine. Uh, So grateful and, and thankful that you are here with us today, especially if you are visiting. For those of you joining us online, welcome. Uh, as we give thanks and praise to our God together this morning. Uh, Hopefully, as you came in this morning, you all received a communion cup. If you did not, raise your hand. For those of you at home, I invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession. A couple quick announcements for us this morning. First, uh, a reminder that next week at our 11 o'clock service, we will be outdoors. And uh, hopefully it's a little cooler uh, than it has been lately, which it looks like it's going to be, but uh, we'll be out under the tents at the 11 o'clock service with an ice cream social to follow. So if for no other reason, come for some ice cream, right? Yeah. Uh, we're excited today. We are celebrating a, uh, another baptism at our 11 o'clock service. We're welcoming Oliver Lee into the fold, if you will. Uh, I wanted to share that tonight, uh, Chaos Youth Group, our 7th through 12th graders, will be meeting at 6 o'clock planning, they're actually going to be helping us lead our outdoor worship service next week. We, uh, I got to tell you about it. We, we had an awesome youth group meeting the two weeks ago and we sat and just talked about what they're going on in their lives and, and, and kind of what they feel like society's going on in their lives. And, and I said, all right, sit down and you can use your phones, but just start Googling Bible verses for things that, you know, are on your heart. And lo and behold, they came up with a Bible verse that talks about anxiety and the stresses of life and how God is present in the midst of those. And so that's going to be our theme next week. I'll text you, let you know. <laughs> Mark always does a really good I job. I love finding this stuff out during service. <laughs> <laughs> Getting our music to tie in with our themes. So, um, yes. Uh, but that's next week, and I'm really excited that the kids had a big part in planning this service. They're writing the prayers tonight. So um, pray for them. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Then we could pray for us, yes. Um, also wanted to share, at 2 o'clock today, our uh, synod has what's called a brick team. It's, it's a, a justice-oriented team building racial reconciliation in Christ's kingdom. And today they're going to be showing a, a movie. They go across the synod. We cover uh, a big area, Detroit metro area. Um, but they're going to be here today at 2 o'clock. So they're going to watch the movie Moonlight and have a discussion to follow. So if that's interesting at all to you, uh, we are always trying to find a way that we can, you know, be more present with each other and be advocates and allies for one another, especially those who are marginalized. Because what else are we doing if we can't get busy loving each other? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, with all that said, let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able. Greet the neighbors you have around you. Let us pray. Almighty Creator and ever-living God, we worship your glory eternal three in one, and we praise your power, majestic one in three. Keep us steadfast in this faith, defend us in all adversity, and bring us at last into your presence, 
where you live in endless joy and love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in case you weren't able to be with us this past Sunday, we celebrated a very important day in the church known as Pentecost. The promised day when the Holy Spirit came like the rush of a violent wind, resting upon Jesus' disciples and gave them incredible abilities to speak the good news about Jesus Christ in languages that they didn't even know. It was amazing. And this week we celebrate yet another big day in the, the calendar of the church known as Holy Trinity Sunday. A day where pastors all over the nation will be trying to explain what we can only understand as a mystery. They will use all the different analogies of, well, God is like a tricycle with three different wheels. Or God is like water vapor and water and ice. And it's just the same substance but different versions. And it's confusing, right? The reality of God being three people, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but yet one God, three different essences, or as the Greek call it, ousia. Everyone say ousia. There, y'all use Greek this morning. You can go brag to your friends later. Okay? Three different beings or personas, and yet one God. It's pretty amazing, and it's hard to wrap our minds around. In fact, it's hard to wrap our minds around God in general, let alone understanding how God comes to us. And so for me, it's okay that we don't necessarily understand how somehow one plus one plus one equals one. So instead of spending our time on something that is, well, somewhat confusing, we're going to spend our time on something a little more concrete this morning. Something that Jesus makes very clear to us in his final words from the book of Matthew. So I'm going to invite you to follow along on the screen. This is literally the last four verses of the book of Matthew, okay? It's called the commissioning of the disciples. So Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is one of the rare moments in all of scripture where God is mentioned as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, this is one of those original pieces that we try to figure out what exactly, kind of how God works. Jesus talks about God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Words spoken by Jesus himself. But as I said, it's the lines before this that we're going to focus a little bit more on this morning. 
What we just read were Jesus' last words before he ascends into heaven, words that were obviously important. He spent years talking about love and forgiveness and relationships and serving one another and daring to believe. And out of all of that, this is what he leaves his disciples with. Notice that Jesus' last words were not, go and be comfortable, live a good life. He definitely didn't say, go, try and, and do some good every once in a while when you feel up to it. No. Jesus lays it out as blunt as can be, and he says, here's what you need to be about. Go and make disciples. This is what's called as the Great Commission. Not the great suggestion or the great, if it's convenient for you, but the great commission. Now, if I were to ask you, what does the word commission mean? You would say, all right, wake up. What's the word commission mean to you? What's that? Okay, if you make a commission... Yeah, you can make a bonus on top of what you're already being paid. That would be one word of commission. Yep. What's another word for commission? Direction. Directive. Right? Again, not suggestion. Not if it's convenient for you. Uh, Commission literally means command. Right? Do this. It's a responsibility. It's, it's a direct order. Go make disciples, period. Teach others who I am, what I've done, what I'm still doing. It's a command. One that if we're honest with ourselves, especially in the Lutheran and Protestant world, we don't do very well. I grew up in an area where faith was private. You're on your own journey. Keep it to yourself, Right? And we have that mentality sometimes. Maybe most of the times we're, we're afraid of sharing that part of our lives because, well, what if I offend? Or what if it's not received well? Or what if I don't feel equipped enough to have a conversation about God? Well, the Christian church in the United States has been a, on a pretty steep decline over the past, well, too long. And there's very few next generation who will be taking our place when our time here is done. Far too many churches no longer have Sunday school or vacation Bible school. Youth groups are dwindling. Attendance is fading. Churches are closing. So what on earth has happened? My guess is that we've gotten really good at keeping God in that one-hour time slot once a week. Right? Oh, I do the God thing Sunday morning so that I can do my thing the rest of the week. According to one study I read just this morning, 37% of millennials, okay, young people, teenagers, say that the church actually demonstrated what following Jesus looks like. Only 37% actually say the church is walking the walk. 34% found church to be a welcoming place. 36% said they weren't uh, able to ask the pressing questions that they had. And 23% felt like they could never share that they were doubting or had struggles. They couldn't let it be known or they were afraid to let it be known that they had questions. So let me ask this. 
by show of hands out there for all of you with us, okay? Uh, how many of you had someone, or hopefully someones, who shared how important worship and having a relationship God was with you? At some point in your life, I'm going to go ahead and guess most of you had at least one person who shared that life with Jesus was important to them. Maybe isn't necessarily the reason why you are in church this morning, but it kind of sets you off on that trajectory. And because of that person sharing their love and their faith with you, it helped you on your journey with yours. Thank God for those people. Amen? Yeah? They literally changed our lives because of sharing their faith with us, of sharing what was important with us, in sharing their relationship with God with us. Whether knowingly or not, they lived into, they heard and they put into practice Jesus' great commission to go and make disciples. It might not have been their intent. Maybe they weren't sitting down with you going, I'm going to get Jesus into you whether it's the last thing I do or not. But just in being who they were, we saw that, wow, maybe this is important. And it led us to our own discoveries. Which begs the question, are we passing that along? Are we doing that as well? Are we taking seriously this great commission? I don't know about you, but I find it interesting that here in 2023, with all of the miraculous communication technology that we have, we still have communication problems, don't we? It seems we're really good at information. Our society sure is good about putting opinions on Facebook, but we're getting worse and worse with communication and and personal conversation. At least that's what I feel. It's so much easier to just blast on social media. It's much harder to actually have a conversation because then we also have to listen. By show of hands out there, how many of you have ever seen a, a football game? (laughs) Of course you have, right? During the game, before a team runs a play, what do they do? They, yeah, they get in a group of people, they huddle up. Now, when they huddle up, do they stand right next to the other team? No, they back 10 yards off the ball, right? And then, do they look at the other team while they're talking so that the other team can read their lips? No, they put their backs to the other team, to make sure that all they can see are their hind ends. Too many outside the church feel like this is what the church is doing. You know that something important is being said there, but you can't understand a word of it, and all you get to see are rear ends. How is it that the early church was able to translate and communicate so clearly? I came across a cartoon in the leadership journal that hits the nail on the head here. The church secretary is holding the phone, hollering at the pastor in the next room. She says, a man from Ripley's, believe it or not, wants a picture of someone on fire for the Lord. Do we have one of those? So I think a good question for us to chew on and wrestle with this morning. 
Where is our passion and love for God and our passion and love for people? This is what translates. This is what communicates. This is what translated at Pentecost. And believe it or not, it's still what translates today. They could hear and understand people in different languages because it was a message of love. I mean, I also believe it was the miracle of actually be able, being able to understand that language. But at the same time, it's almost like us talking to our pets. They know when we're happy and when we're not. They know when we are, oh, it doesn't matter the words. We do it with our babies. When you forgive, when everyone else would be out for revenge, that communicates. When you choose to be loving when everyone else is hateful, that communicates. When you don't give up when everyone else, maybe even including yourself, wants to, that communicates. One of my greatest hopes for our church each and every week is that we continue to be real and raw and authentic to who we are and to dare to care for each other, regardless of what side of anything that we fall on. Even if we don't know the other person's name and they're visiting here today, and we may never see them again, it is my deepest hope that they understand that we care about them too. Yes, our church has an amazing praise band. Yes, we have wonderful children's ministries and an active social justice team. And yes, we have super cushy chairs. But my greatest hope is that when you're here, it's because you've found something real. Real people who come as you are. Real questions where it's okay to share that you doubt as well. I love that in our reading today, Jesus is resurrected. They go to where Jesus is on the side of that mountain again. And still Matthew shares, there were some that were doubting. How real is that? He was alive again right in their presence. And some were like, yep, still having a hard time with it. (laughs) Of course we're going to struggle too. And so that we can be a real place where you can bring your doubts and your fears and your frustrations. And that's okay. Hopefully a place where real love, where you are loved regardless of of who you are, what you've done, what denomination you've come from. I have so many conversations with people saying, well, I'm Catholic. (laughs) And it's like, and? Like, we're still on the same team. It's all good. Yeah, this is good. But that you're loved simply because you're a child of God, not because of anything you've done or any way you've grown up. Seems to me that's what people are yearning for today. Nod your heads if you're with me. Yeah, I think we all are. And at the same time that we are learning to be disciples, right? The same time that you are coming here to be loved and to be forgiven and to learn what that feels like, you, my friends and myself, are being called to be disciples and to teach others. To go and make them to bring the love that we receive in here outside these walls. That's our calling, our duty even, so that others can join in on what Jesus has going on. The unavoidable truth about our lives as Christians 
is that we are called to bear witness and to testify to the hope that is within us to tell others about Jesus and to make disciples. That's a byproduct. Now this might be scary for some of us, but take heart and listen closely because the Great Commission didn't end with the Great Commission. Maybe even Jesus knew that, well, go make disciples in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Maybe he knew how hard that was going to be for some of us to talk about our faith in public in front of others. And so Jesus follows it up with what I call is the great promise. And the great promise is this. I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in case you get worried that you think you're doing this by yourself and you're sticking your head, your, your, your neck out way too far by telling someone else about Jesus, Jesus says, oh, and by the way, you're not doing this alone. I'm actually going to be with you. In fact, I'll even give you the power and the ability to step outside yourself. I'll take care of all that. You just be you. How amazing is that? Amen? Oh, that takes all the pressure off. We can all just take a deep breath and go, oh, well, I can do that. I can be me. Jesus is always with you, helping you and empowering you to share the good news. I know he is. In my relatively short time as being your pastor here, I have heard so many great stories and lessons and sermons here at this church, and I'm not even talking about anything that I've ever said. Your lives are filled with amazing stories to share. Stories of joy and of sorrow, of great accomplishments and utter failures, stories of hope that have come to be, and stories of hope that are yet to come. And it's you and it's your story that will lead people to a relationship with Jesus that will forever change their lives, just as someone did that for you. About 20 years back, I can't believe it's 20 years already. Wow. Uh, uh, I was asked to be the, the lead speaker for a youth gathering. And there were hundreds of kids there that weekend in South Dakota. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. Okay? This was, uh, I just became a youth director, I think, for maybe a year, year and a half. Uh, I was wildly out of my comfort zone. And yet there I was giving them the main talk. I think I had to give three different talks that weekend. I couldn't tell you right now what exactly I said. I just remember being very nervous. I'm not even sure it was a good talk. But afterwards, a teenage girl approached me, and I remember her looking angry. And she said, I have to find out if something is true. And I said, what's that? And she said, you mentioned tonight that God loves me. Do you believe that? Because I don't think anyone's ever loved me. My dad left me. My mom abuses me. I moved from one school to another. I've been sexually abused, thrown to the curb, and you're telling me that God loves me? She was angry. Her friend brought her. I don't even know if she knew this was going to be a churchy thing. And I looked in her eyes and I said, I know. God loves you. God loves you so much. And you want to know how I know that? Because when he died up on that cross, he said, I love you this much. 
And she paused for a moment and tears started going down her eyes. And she said, well, she took a deep breath and she goes, well, if, if God loves me, then I guess nothing else matters. If God loves me, that's all that really matters. <sighs> when that happened, I wasn't a pastor yet. I had no intention of being a pastor yet. Okay? I was a youth director because the church was literally up the hill from my house and I didn't know what I was going to do for a living. And my pastor said, hey, why don't you come be a youth director? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and all she said was, well, come and see. And that phone call from my pastor changed my life because it put me in a situation that was way out of my comfort zone. I hadn't received any theological training. I wasn't a pastor yet. I wasn't in seminary. I was every bit the person maybe that you are today, if not far less, because I hadn't read even most of the Bible. Maybe not even half. And yet God used me in that moment to share a message that was outside of myself. Just as God continually will use you to make disciples through your own lives and your own stories. So deep down, I think we all know that there are people who need the love, forgiveness, grace, power, strength, and comfort that we can find in God through Jesus Christ. So this morning, dear ones, let us hear these words and let's go. Seriously. Let's start taking this on more seriously than ever before and just get busy loving on people. Let's focus less on our differences. Let's focus less on what side of anything that we fall on and just love one another. And just watch the power of God unfold all around us. That's what I hear this morning with Jesus telling his disciples and through the book of Matthew telling each and every one of us today, let everything else go and just tell others about me. Go make disciples and watch me go. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, give us new eyes this week to see those around us who are in need of your love. Give us new hearts this week to be present with those who need that love. And give us the courage to share your love. Send your spirit to help us live into your mission for us, to go and to make disciples, to step outside of our comfort zones, to dare to speak your name outside of these walls, to share why all of this matters to us. And always help us to remember that in those moments and in every moment, you are with us to the very end of the age. With us, within us, and working through us to bring your love to this world. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Trusting in God's abundant mercy, let us now pray for a world in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray.
Holy Three, Holy One, you call the church to make disciples of all nations, encourage bishops, pastors, and deacons in their proclamation of the gospel, and direct all the baptized into lives of humble service. God of grace, hear our prayer. Holy Three, Holy One, you spoke creation into being and called it good. Protect lands and waters threatened by human misuse and sustain living creatures of every kind. God of grace, hear our prayer. Holy Three, Holy One, you have given humankind authority over the earth. Raise up leaders who listen earnestly, speak honestly, and govern thoughtfully. Heal divisions between nations that we might agree with one another and live in peace. God of grace, hear our prayer. Holy Three, Holy One, you promise to be with us always to the end of the age. Surround those most in need of your healing presence this morning, any who are lonely, all who are grieving, and those who are sick, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. Holy Three, Holy One, you set the earth on its axis and we experience the seasons. Strengthen those enduring challenging, uh, challenges this summer, those who suffer in the heat, parents overwhelmed by childcare responsibilities, and children experiencing food insecurity outside of school. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and to confess those times when we have failed to live and to act and to speak as God invites us and calls us to live. So I invite you to use these words along with me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now may you hear these words, dear children of God. Jesus Christ was given over to die for you and for his sake God forgives you of all of your sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say... Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion cups. 
as well for those of you at home, the bread and the wine or juice that you have as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. And again, if you're new to these, it helps to press down on the tab that kind of separates it a little bit and makes it easier to pull up. When the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this morning and keep you always in God's grace and all of God's people say... Amen. Uh, Finally, thank you for all the ways you continue to support King of Kings, especially with your offering this morning. For those of you joining us online, there will be a QR code at the end of service. Just use your phone's camera and it'll take you right to our website. Uh, Otherwise, there are offering buckets on your way out today. Just know that every little bit adds up to making the profound difference that we were able to help others with. Uh, We had a, uh, a young family stop in this week. Um, they live in Arizona. They were trying to get home. They had a little baby as well. And because of your generosity, we were able to, to help them get some gas, help, get, help them get some food, help them get on their way back home once again. They had to come up all the way to Detroit just for uh, immigration papers. Uh, that They were actually legalized and everything, and, and, but they were sent all the way to Detroit uh, from Phoenix. So it just, in the midst of all of that, because of who you are, we were able to help that family. And what a gift. Amen? Amen. So, may you now receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Amen. Um, so special announcement. This is the, one of the fun things about being a pastor. You never know what's going to happen on a Sunday morning. We apparently have some bees in the men's bathroom over here. So if you have to use the restroom today, you can use the bathroom that's down the far hallway. There's a men's bathroom down there. You just never know how like, life is going to unfold. <laughs> are they honey bees Sunday, or what, what kind of bees are they? As if there's not enough life going on, there's apparently a bee's nest above the ceiling in the bathroom. So I know. There you go. With all that said, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.